Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 11 to 1, Monday Motivation. Motivation. Yes, I mentioned just some of the things that this woman is involved in. She's also two-time best-selling author uh, of a book called The Power of Thank You. She's the founder and president of Shiro's Global, a women's development and support organisation which builds women and youth to become positive change agents. You know, lots and lots of things to add to this CV. You can see why I've been trying to interview this woman for Monday Motivation for almost a year now. And I'm thrilled to have her on the line now. Yemi Adenuga, how are you doing? I am great, Sinead. How are you yourself? I am very good, very good. And I, do you know what? I Last night, I, it was just a pleasure to do so much research and work on your background. My God, oh woman. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you, have such, you have such a long CV. But first of all, you know, many of us will know you, obviously, from your work in the local community as a, as a counsellor and, of course, entertaining oh. us in Gogglebox. But there's so much more to you. Have you always been someone who enjoys working to help others and improve the lives of others? Well, since my teenage years, yes. Um, I suppose my background would have informed the way my life has turned out and has in so many ways impacted how I process things, how I do things, um, how I make decisions as to what I want to do with my life. So yes, um, since my teenage years, I've always been like this, <laughs> and I think I think it's got. I've done more and more of it as I got older. Um, maybe I need to start winding down now as I'm getting even older. <laughs> oh no, there's no stopping you, Yemi. That is for sure. But take me back to the start because you grew up in a place called Port Harcourt River State in Nigeria. Was it a case yeah. that women were not afforded the same privileges as men, particularly in terms of education? Well, uh, Port Tucker is a place where my father went to work when we were young. My father is originally from a state called Ogun State in Nigeria. And uh, in, in the part of the country where he's from, um, m- when I was growing up, my, his family really uh, did not look favorably upon my mom because she had just girls. Um, I come from a background where my father had seven women who had children for him and uh, he's got 27 children. Uh, I'm number 16 in the family and my mother's my mother is the last wife uh, or was because my dad's passed now. He passed in 2007. Mm-hmm. And so she had six girls for my father and no boy. And that wasn't, um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, found, it was found 
unfavorably on uh, by my uncles and my aunties. They didn't like it at all. And they questioned my mom a number of times. Are you not going to have a boy for our brother? And on one such occasion, they had said to my mom that all her girls were going to end up on the streets and there would be nobodies and that we were going to sell ourselves as prostitutes on the streets. And I suppose for me, that was a turning point. I was just about 13 at the time. And for me, that was a turning point in my life when I decided, no, this is not going to happen. Uh, These people are not going to have the say of how my life is going to turn out. I am not going to end up on the streets. And I spoke to my sisters as well. I spoke to my mom that night because she cried late into the early hours of the morning. And um, I asked her why she was still crying. She said, didn't you hear what the uncles and aunties said? And I said, I did. Uh, but I'm going to promise you today that my sisters and I, none of us will end up on the streets and that we will work so hard that we will make you so proud. We work so hard that our uncles and aunties will wish that their boys were girls. And we would work so hard that their sons will wish they were your daughters. And I suppose that for me was, um, that was my motivation to do everything I've done in life. And yes, you know, education is an important part of a child's life. Mm. Um, not all girls have the opportunity to be educated in a place like Nigeria. And in some parts, the story is still the same. Uh, the boy is, is chosen over the girl, especially in families where they can't afford to send all their children to school. They have to make the choice of who goes. And most times it's the boy that goes, except if there's a father who really loves his daughter and he sees a potential and he's genuinely a strong proponent of education, um, then perhaps he would pick the girl over the boy. But that's very rare. Mm. It's not like it doesn't happen, but it is rare. And in the north of the country, it's definitely the boy over the girl, you know? Yeah. So, um my background didn't help the fact that my father had loads of children. I mean, it, it's fairness to my father, and I give him the credit for it. One of the things he told us as his children was, the only thing he could give us was education. And anyone who wanted it, he would give. But, you know, it was up to the mothers to try and encourage their children to go to school. And the one thing my mother wanted for all her girls was that we got an education. She sold the clothes off her back to ensure that we got an education. She gave everything mm. to ensure that we became somebody in life. So, um, and, and, yes, and, and, and somebody you, you absolutely became. But I want to just go back, first of all, just to, to, to what the uncles and aunts said. And just, you know, most 13-year-old girls in that situation would probably lie mm. down with their mother and cry with them. But you mm. had this unbelievable drive and force. Were you angry? Was that what it ignited you as well? Were you kind of, you know, fueled with the whole idea that I'm going to prove these people wrong? Was that what kept you going? Uh, Sinead, honestly, I don't know if it was anger. I don't think it was anger. I think it was just a feeling of, no, this can't happen. Um, it wasn't anger. I wasn't angry at them. Mm. Thinking back in retrospect now, I wasn't angry at them. I think it was more a feeling of, no, this cannot happen. And that then pushed me, rather than cry with my mom, um, it pushed me to kind of support her. I watched her. I did watch her um, do so much for us, her girls. So I couldn't at that time afford them to throw a pity party, mm. you know. 
Um, I was young. In, in, in fairness, I had no idea half the things I was doing. I just went with what my spirit led me to do. And I think one of the things as well um, was just God, the grace of God. I was raised in a Christian family. My father was a strong Christian. Um, after he became a Christian and gave his life to God, he tried so much to make restitution with God for all the mistakes that made in his life, marrying all the women and then mm-hmm. having all those children. You know, uh, you have regrets in life. And I suppose that was one of his. Yes. He did all that in times of ignorance. Mm-hmm. And then when he got to know God, that really changed and turned his life around. So he tried his best then to make good uh, for all the mistakes he'd made and to make sure that his children did well in life, you know, but there was a limit to what he could do. Mm. So for me at the time, I couldn't afford to throw a pity party with my mom and lie down with her and cry with her. I think God really helped me, gave me the enablement to be a support system for her at the time. It wasn't really me. I didn't think it was of me. I think it was what my father had deposited in us as Christians, just reminding us, of how powerful God can be in times of need when we don't have any more power of our own. We just trust God to take control. And I think that's what I did at the time. And I think that's what happened to me, just that energy from God. And I think a lot of people will take an awful lot of comfort from what you're saying, definitely in times now. But, you know, you had a really, really, not only did you go on and do so much in terms of your education, you have some amount of degrees and diplomas, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you made history a few times. Uh, The first being the first female presenter to present a programme on the first private radio station in Nigeria. You know, that was definitely showing the uncles and aunts uh, something, that's for sure. But I have to ask you, Yemi, because you were known as the fox that rocked the box on radio. <laughs> Tell me this. <laughs> Go on, Sinead. Yeah, how, how did you get that nickname? Well, um, first of all, let me take one step backwards <laughs> and say that um, everything that has happened to me in life, I didn't, most of them, I didn't set out to have. I think at the stage uh, where um, I just threw everything up to God and said, Lord, you just have to make sure that we don't end up on the streets. I think God literally just began to channel my life in the direction for him, even for his own glory, for him to, to take all the glory in everything that I did. So I suppose he showed me how to see opportunities and how to take them and how to use them well. That's one thing that he showed me how to do and how to meet when I meet the right people to be able to connect with them and use that as an opportunity to become somebody. So uh, when I got into radio, which was absolutely by chance, it wasn't something I decided I'm going to be on radio, I'm going to be a broadcaster, I'm going to be a presenter. No. Um, When I got on radio, uh, and the story of how I got into broadcasting is a completely different story. Maybe for another day, if we have the time today, I might tell it, but maybe for another day. When I got into radio, uh, one of the things that started to happen was um, the, the, the person who became my mentor in broadcasting was the program's director at the time on that radio station. And they were looking for uh, new uh, presenters, new crop of presenters to start the frequency modulation channel. 
at the time, the state didn't have the frequency modulation channel. So it was the first time they were doing that. And they were looking for new presenters to do that. So I was one of the few that was selected out of about almost a thousand people. They selected just 11 or 12 people. And I was one of them when we went for the audition and they started to train us. So working on radio at the time, they told me that my voice and my style was different and that I had a way of um, connecting with people on radio. And then suddenly one day this fellow came He's, one of, he's also one of the presenters I'd really looked forward to meeting. Uh, I, I, I loved him on radio. Um, he'd been there donkey years before myself. And he came to the radio station on a visit. And um, I happened to be on air. And just as I wrapped up, he came into the studio. And I got so excited. Like, you know, I was starstruck. Mm. Like, oh, my God. Koye, it's you. Blah, blah, blah. And he walked on TV as well. And he said, hello there. Uh, he, he's got this really crazy husky voice. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then he <laughs> and he said, Do you know what? You really are the fox that rocks the box. I'm like, what? What is that? He said, well, you, you have a way with people on air. And, you know, there's this presenter in America. Uh, she's called the fox that rocks the box. And she she does. Ex- you do exactly what she does. I said, I have no clue who this person is. <laughs> He said, well, you don't have to, but you seem to have gathered some followership on radio and you, you do rock the box. And I tell you, honestly, that's how it started. Everyone there that day started calling me the fox that rocks the box. <laughs> and that's how I, I really, through my, through my career on radio, I don't remember actually calling myself that name one yeah. single day. But every time I was introduced on radio, whether I was running my own program and was introduced by the presenter before myself, they all always introduced me as the fox that rocks the box. And that's how the name stuck. And that's how it happened for years and years and years. <laughs> I think a lot of your uh, constituents will be, you might get a lot of them saying that to you now. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, your, your passion, your true passion lies in helping others achieve their potential. Tell me about um, Shiro's because this is an organisation that you set up to help women specifically achieve their potential. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Um, Shiro's started in 2012 just in my living room, it was just uh, it, it, in the strangest of ways. I suppose a number of women, when I was in Nigeria, I ran a talk show called Sharing with Yemi, and it ran for years as the number one talk show in Nigeria. And we talked about societal issues and dealt with all kinds and manners of issues that impacted people's lives. And interestingly, I actually restarted that program on, on Facebook just last week because people who remembered me then said, look, this is just about the perfect time to start sharing with you. I mean, let people, now they're cooked up at home, let them get a chance mm. to share their experiences. So I started sharing with Yemi again on Facebook just last week, and it's live every day at 7 p.m. on Facebook. So people who remembered me from that show back in Nigeria, a number of them being Nigerians, would come to me and say they wanted to talk about the things that they were going through. Most of them, their husbands weren't here. And so I would sit with them and one woman, two women, two, three women. And then we started having a large number. I suppose they were telling themselves that, look, you can come talk to me about the issues. And then we started this thing where I told them everything we talk about, stay within the four walls of the room. You're not allowed to talk about other people outside of here. And the network started. And women felt that comfort of being able to come and talk. 
And I started to encourage a number of them and said, look, the one thing you can have and give to yourself is an education. Go back to school. If you haven't before, go to school. Get an education. It will boost your confidence. And I'm proud to say that a number of women that were part of that network at the time went back to school. And most of them now are working. Uh, Some are running their own businesses. And that's how Shiro started. I, at one point around 2014, we decided we're going to start celebrating ourselves. You know, women talk and mm. we talk about ourselves sometimes negatively. Oh, what's the great thing about Sinead? Was it? What is it she's doing that I can't do? There's no big deal. I can do it too. You know, rather than support you, uh, I, I might decide I'm going to pull you down. You know, I don't see a big deal in what you're doing. You know, that kind of negative. Attitude. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Women. Yeah. Women do that a good bit. So I decided to flip that around. And I said, we'll still talk. We'll talk about ourselves. But instead, we're going to talk positively. So we'll pick one woman in the month and we'll talk about her, talk about her business, talk about her family in the positive. And you, you needed to see the light just come alive in this women. And they were so excited to see people talk. And I would tell each woman, you're not to talk anything about yourself. Mm. Others will talk about you. And it was incredible. And through that then, we started Shiro's Global Awards, which is an annual award. We ask women in the community, nominate your Shiro, that woman who is doing something incredible that nobody's talking about. She's an ordinary woman doing extraordinary things. And, and from that, the, the Shiro's has just exploded. Now we have several projects. We have our Exploring Options project where we work with young people from the, from the first year in secondary school. We start to encourage them to think about what they want to do with their lives, not mm. when they get to the third year and they want to pick a subject. No, but from year one, what are you good at already? What can you do with that? You know, what are the little bits and pieces of skills that you can use to start to help other people around you or even start to make money? And we have our summer projects where we encourage young people to become creative. And we do a slippers project where we use raw um, fabrics to make summer slippers uh, for uh, people. And then through that, we teach our young people entrepreneurial skills. So it's just it's absolutely going from strength to strength. Then, uh, do you know what, what I'm going to do, Yemi? Is I'm going to just take a quick ad break and come back to you because there's so much more I have to ask you. Just hang on there for what for, for two minutes, okay? Two minutes. Yes, we are talking to Yemi Adenuga. She's on the line from Monday Motivation. Yemi, just you know, we are living in very challenging times, and I know throughout your life, and an awful lot of your life has been sort of peppered with struggle and you know hard work and all of that. You know, I'm listing off your 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 achievements there, like you know that it's absolutely nothing you know this is you've, you've put a lot of work into this but when things are challenging and when life is getting to you and things are stacked against you what do you do to get yourself out of a potentially negative you know mindset well the first thing for me I'm a Christian and I don't I don't hide that and I don't make light of that you see um, I've had people come at me oh you're now a politician you can't talk about God because you're a politician, I totally don't agree with that. I think that there's always an energy uh, source for everybody. And my energy source is God, always God. Uh, So for me as a Christian, um, when I'm in a difficult situation, I sing. I love to sing. And I love to sing uh, what we would call praise song and worship songs. Um, It lifts my spirit. 
I think everyone first needs to find their energy source. How do you bring yourself to a mindset where you're able to reconnect with um, that, that entity or that thing or that being that refuels you? Um, for me, God refuels me a lot, so I, I don't joke with that. Another thing I do is I go back to my why, W-H-Y. That's my best word in the world, why. The reason I do whatever it is that I do, I go back to that reason. It helps me remember that I'm on a journey. Life is a journey. You know, everyone is on this journey of life. And every time we get to a bus stop, we either get off or we, we, we take a break, we get off, do something and get back on the bus again. You know, you have to always remember why you're on that bus while you're on this journey. Um, ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? If you allow yourself to sink into a low state of mind, ask yourself, why am I allowing myself to do this? Um, if there's no deep answer to it, then you have no business being there. It's not the easiest of things. Mm. But if you keep remembering your reason your reason. I always ask myself, anything I'm going to do, if I don't have a clear answer for it, I don't touch it. So I ask, why am I crying? The reason I'm crying is because if I have a clear answer, I allow myself to cry. If it's to relieve myself of a pain or, a, uh, you know, something I'm feeling really heavy about in my heart, crying sometimes can be good for the soul. So I allow myself to cry it out. And then I get back again and say, okay, so what's the next thing to do, you know? Uh, so know your why. Know the reason why you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. Another thing that helps me as well is I pray a lot. Mm. Uh, if, you, if you believe in prayers, use prayer as a source. Pray, you know? Um, I, I have a, a good support system around me. Great. I don't have too many friends. My, I have a handful of friends. But if I, if, if I, if I can connect with one friend who can lift me up for me, that's success. So that's why I'm very selective of the Who's people around like old friends. Mm. Yes, exactly. I think it's important that we're mindful of the people we surround ourselves with. Uh, the people are, we have to remember to put people in categories. Uh, some people are just acquaintances, but we call them friends. Yes. So they're people that you just, uh, you're just pallies with, you know. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Some people are the kind of friends that they're great for parties. You want to dress up and go. <laughs> yeah. They'll be ready to help you look the part. Some people are friends that just, um, they're great for, if you want to ask them advice for education, yes. Mm. But if you tell, talk to them about a party, they're not the right people to do that. Yes. Some people are great for advice for family, raising your family well. Yes, it doesn't mean they're not your friends. You, you, but they're great for if you're stuck maybe in your marriage or in your relationship or with raising your children, they have all the advice in the world. But they're not the people to ask about a degree. If you ask them, they might say, what are you talking about a degree for? <laughs> yeah. You have a family to mind, you know? So you have to put your friends in the right category so you can enjoy them as friends. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely, Emmy. And, you know, where they can support you. Well, listen, we're, we're vastly running out of time here. It's been absolutely <laughs> just wonderful having you on the show today. You've given us much needed motivation. Keep doing what you're doing, Yemi. Uh, the fox <laughs> that rocks so the box. Much. I absolutely love that. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. But thank you so much for joining me on the show today. 
Thank you. And I wish everyone the best at this really challenging time. God be with us all. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 